All right, so everyone go ahead and open uh, your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, we're going to be uh, bouncing around to uh, several different scripture uh, tonight, so um, be ready to move around. Uh, but we are going to start in Proverbs chapter 3, and, and tonight uh, we're going to talk, the title I guess you could say is Trust in God and Not Yourself. Trust in God and not yourself. Um, before we go into the scripture, I'm just going to say a few things. A couple, I have several quotes I want to share with you. Uh, because in our culture, in our, our time frame, in, in the world that we live right now, um, it really encourages this idea of self-reliance, um, self-gratification, and self-promotion. Um, it's all about you. It's all about me, right? It's, it's, it's what can to further myself and what I want to do with my life. Um, and there's, one of the biggest money makers in the world right now is the, the self-help books, the self-help, the self-love, th- those kind of books. And a lot of these quotes you might see in those kind of books, something like, sometimes the only one you can trust is yourself. Uh, believe in yourself and you will be unstoppable. Uh, if you're going to trust one person, let it be yourself. A lot of focus on what? Yourself. Self. Uh, this one I wanted to share. This guy's name is uh, Wayne Dyer, and he's a self-help motivational speaker. Well, he was. He's, he's passed on. But he was a big motivational speaker. And his, uh, one of his big uh, sayings was, when you trust in yourself... You are trusting in the same wisdom that created you. When you fail to trust in yourself, when you fail to love yourself, you are denying your own divinity and therefore attracting the opposite of what the source is. And some of you are looking at me like, what? That doesn't even make sense. I understand. Because they're using words like divinity, which is what? Godlike, right? And then it talks about what the source is. And the source is this, is what they use in the New Age when it talks about uh, the term for the universe and how there's this godlike spirit in the universe. You know, um, God is in the trees and God is in the water and, and those kind of things. And that's the source of life. So all these about self. And, and you know what? Several churches um, in our time have adopted this, this ideology as well, this, this self-ideology. And, and one of the, the biggest culprits is someone I enjoy listening to, one Mr. Joel Osteen. And some of his quotes are, uh, Do all you can to make your dreams come true. That's something a preacher would say, right? You'll never rise any higher than the way you see yourself. And this is good. You have enough people against you. Be for yourself. These are all quotes from this guy who says he's a preacher, right? Joel, uh, Joel Osteen. And then there's another preacher, Bill Johnson, over at Bethel. And he has a lot of plagiarism with Tony Robbins. Has anyone ever heard of Tony Robbins other than the adults? There's a, uh, there's a uh, documentary on Netflix right now, if you're interested, about Tony Robbins and just how he's this self-help guru and... People pay thousands of dollars to come to this self-help, self-esteem, self, you know, pumping up and, and all these things. And 
And Bill Johnson kind of plagiarizes him a lot. But here's something Bill Johnson from Bethel says. Your courage draws people out of complacency into their destiny. And I don't know what that means. So good luck trying to figure that out. But uh, I don't quite understand it. But basically all these, these quotes and all these different ideologies, it's all surrounded by this kind of new age, humanistic, uh, self-idolization that is really pushed hard in our culture today. In our culture of self-help and, and self-esteem books and in many modern churches. Uh, and, and we've talked about a lot that in, in religious cults, in, in the religious cult realm, it, it, the, the main idea is I do this, right? I do this and God owes me this. And, and everything that I do, I do in my own power, in my own ability, in my own strength, and I'm rewarded for it. God rewards me for this. And, and whenever you get into that and, and you, you follow all these lists of rules and you get really good at it, you get really self-righteous. And it really gives this self-propagating, me-focused, me-minded approach that really attracts a lot of followers, right? I mean, if, if you've ever seen Joel Osteen's church, it's like going to the Super Bowl every week. It's packed with thousands of people. And it really attracts with this whole me-centered idea. And, and even when you, when you start to look into the New Age, um, you know, that, that's a really big push right now um, in our culture with, with the New Age, with um, all these different kind of things. But there's a lot of um, uh, hints of Buddhism and Hindu and Eastern religions and and all these things in this new age movement, and it's this enlightenment. You know, you have this, this power in a spiritual realm, and it takes you to this next level of intellect, and it's, again, all about self-propagating, self-lifting uh, up. And then we go into the modern church. You know, we, we hear all the time, you know, what can Jesus do for you? And you get cash and prizes on this earth, Right? Jesus is going to produce all these things. You're going to be rich and have all these houses because you're a follower of Jesus. And they also are really big on these private revelations. And a private revelation is when someone says they get this word from God, right? It's, and, and they disguise it in different ways. A word from God or a message from an angel or a dream that felt really real. And they're in this spiritual dimension. And then they write a book about it or there's a movie about it. And there's this really cool soundtrack to it. And Christians flock to it. Man, something about religion. Let's, let's go see it. And it's filled with this heresy of private revelations that are not in line with God's word. Why is that important? Because all these things that I'm talking about are all based on feelings and emotions and not God's word. And those are subjective. Can anyone tell me what the word subjective means? We're two weeks into school, so I know it's kind of hard to think right now. But does anybody have an idea of what subjective means? If not, it's okay. But it means that it's based on or influenced by personal feelings, tastes, or opinions. It's based on my personal feelings, my opinions, and what I like. But God has provided for us 
an objective standard of truth. Does anybody know what objective means? Universal, what? Goal. Goal. That's a word for objective, but in, in, the, in this context of, of subjective versus objective, objective is not influenced by personal feelings or opinions. Not influenced by what I feel. Not, impl- not influenced by, well, I think this. This is our objective standard of truth, regardless of how I feel about it. Does that make sense? So no matter what we think or feel about a particular issue, we have to go to God's Word and look there for direction and for truth. And I'm going to tell something that might break your heart. Just because we think or feel a certain way doesn't make us right. Did y'all hear me? Just because we think or feel a certain way doesn't make us right. What matters is what God's Word says in context, comparing itself within itself. So in Proverbs 3, verse 5, a lot of people know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. They have it on a pillow at home or on the wall, but I'm just going to focus on verse 5. Verse 5 in Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And so many times in the Bible when it talks about the heart, it's talking about the guiding force in your life. What, what, what guides you and helps you make decisions in life and, and how you decide to move forward. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean or trust, depend, rely on your own understanding. Because that's what we do. You know, someone talks about something and we say, oh, well, I don't really feel that way about that or, or I understand it to mean this. Well, we got to stop relying on how we feel and start looking at what God says. If I trust in Him, I trust in His Word and I allow that to lead my life and guide my understanding. So... My base is the Word of God, not what I think or feel, or how someone else thinks or feels. Does that make sense? Jump over to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. I'm going to read verses 6, 7, and 8. Of Isaiah 40. <clears throat> Verse 6 says, A voice says, Cry. And I said, What shall I cry? Or what shall I say? What, what do you want me to, to, to proclaim? And here's the message All flesh is grass. And the word flesh means people. All people are grass, and all its beauty, beauty also means glory is like the flower of the field. The grass withers. Another word for that is the grass dies. And what do we say the grass was? People. People die. And flowers fade. Or else beauty and glory, it fades away. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass. Verse 8. 
the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. So all of man's logic, all of man's philosophies, all of man's beliefs and preferences and traditions and all these private revelations that come to them, all of that will die. Is what this word says. It will all die. It all loses its glory. It all loses its newness or its shininess, right? When something's new, they get this new prophetic word and it's real shiny and everybody loves it. Well, that fades away. That goes away. All those things will leave. All the things that are man-made will die, but God's word will remain forever. That's what the word says. When everything is changing, when people are running around giving their opinions and their interpretations and their feelings and their political views, none of that will stand. None of it saves. None of it changes the heart. Only God's word has that power. Only his word has that power and his word will never fail according to his word. You might say, well, that, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to digest some of it sometimes. And, and, and I agree, even, even if we have trouble understanding, that's okay. It's okay to not understand everything. That's where faith comes in. It, it, flip over to Isaiah 55, just a couple of chapters over. Isaiah 55. Read verses 8 and 9. 55, 8 and 9 of Isaiah says, This is God. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. What is it saying? This is saying that just because we don't get it doesn't make it not true. God's thoughts are so much higher than ours and his ways are so much better. See, there's something we got to remember when it comes to God is that in, in our mind, in our finite mind, in, in the way that we see things, we can only see the things that are right in front of us. We can only see the things that are happening in the now. We can try to predict what's going to happen, but we can't know the future, right? But with God, with God, all things are in the present. All of the past, all of our present, and all of our future, God sees it all at one time. That means that he might be directing you and guiding you into something that might hurt right now, might not make sense right now, might be like, God, why are you putting me through this right now? But he sees that over here, there is something good that's going to happen from this that is seemingly bad right now. So for instance, let's say there's a, a boy or a girl that you are very interested in and you want to date said person. And it just doesn't work out. For some, you're praying, God, please let him see that he needs me in his life. I can lead him to the Lord. I know I can. Whatever the case is, right? Boy, girl, whatever. 
you, you, you want this so bad. And it doesn't work out, so you go home and you cry, God, why would you put me through this? God, why won't you give me the desires of my heart? God, I named it and proclaimed it, so why can't I have it? But what you don't see is that in 10, 20 years, that boy or that girl is going to be strung out on something that you don't want to be a part of. Right? Or maybe God has someone for you 10, 20 years down the road that is so much better than what this person is. And as you get older, things happen in our lives that we're like, well, I guess it was God because there's been times where I've wanted another job. And there was, uh, you, you all know I've worked in banking forever. So there was this one time that I wanted to go work at this credit union. They offered me a job. They offered me more money. And the bank I was working at, they found out. And they said, well, we'll match what they're going to give you. And I was like, well, I guess I'll stay if I'm going to make the same amount of money. A year later, the credit union went out of business. And I'm like, well, that was a God thing, right? In my current job, uh, there was a, a position I really wanted, and I was very qualified for it, and, and, I, and I had it, basically, but then they decided to fill it in Atlanta, Georgia, and not in Jacksonville, and I wasn't willing to move to Georgia, because what good comes from Georgia? I mean, wait, sorry, it's a joke, come on, I'm trying to lighten up, because y'all look so somber tonight, I don't know what's going on, I don't know if I'm not being funny enough. But I really need y'all to smile a little bit more because I'm, I'm a little scared of what's happening right now. Anyway. Yeah, you need to be funny. I guess I need to be funnier. I need more jokes. So anyway, so there's this, uh, this job I was qualified for, and, and they were, were going to fill it in Atlanta. And I said, well, I'm, I'm not moving. And then we find out in December that we're being bought by another bank, and that position is gone now. I would not have a job if I would have gone after, if I would have gotten this thing that I thought that I wanted so badly. That's God, y'all. That is God knowing so much better than me. That's God knowing his mind way above my mind. His ways way above my waves. So I have to, so at some point in our lives, kids, students, adults, we have to get to this point where we say, "You know what? I'm going to believe God's word." We just got to do it. We talk about it all the time, but do we do it? Do we live like it? Do we say, I'm going to believe this for what it says? I'm trying, <clears throat> trying not to yell. That's a lie. I'm not really. So even if we have trouble understanding, we have to have faith that God knows better than we do. And, and, and listen, I am so glad that God doesn't make decisions based on how we feel at any given time, right? Because, I don't know about you, but our feelings and our opinions, they can be wrong, right? We can be wrong. And then we find out we're wrong and we change our mind or our opinion or our thought. Think about it. We would not want to serve a God that changed his mind as much as we do. Right? Because, quite frankly, <laughs> we can look back at what y'all all wore five years ago, and y'all be like, I don't know what I was thinking. Right? Because 
The other day I'm pulling up pictures of Aaliyah and she's like, y'all let me wear that? Like, you thought it looked great, all right? Some of y'all look back at your pictures and you're like, why parents did you allow me to wear that striped shirt with those checkered pants? Because you thought it looked good. You see how our, our opinions and, and things change? Remember the Facebook challenge that just was like not too long ago about the 10-year difference? How different our hair and style looks 10 years from then and now, right? I am so glad that my God doesn't change his mind as much as I change mine. Even th- think, about, think about the time where you thought something was true and you found out it was not. And the best example I could think of was text messages. So we all text a whole bunch, right? So the thing about text messages is you can't see or hear the person, right? You cannot see their face. You cannot hear the inflection in their voice. You can't, what, what we do is we make up in our mind what we think that word or that sentence sounds like, right? This is how I think that they're saying it to me right now. And we respond in that manner, even if we read it wrong. But we're sure about it. Man, I'm coming at them. How dare they talk to me that way? And then you talk to them and you're like, I didn't mean it like that. I was just asking how your day was, right? Or something along that. And in in that instance, we read it wrong. The sender meant one thing and we took it as something else. And that's how we base our decisions. Who's right and who's wrong? We're wrong. Because we interpreted it different than the way the sender sent it. So let me ask you, if there's something that we don't understand in the Bible, does that make the Bible wrong? I hope the answer is no. Or instead of just saying, well, it's just wrong because I don't get it, do we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand it? Do we need to study it? And do we need to look at Scripture and and compare it based on what we know of God's character and His nature and based on other Scriptures? Should we do that? But you can't do that if you don't know what it says. Right? And you might say, well, why do I I say we need to compare Scripture with other Scripture? And, And the reason why is because, students, this all works together. This all works together. Um, If you read a verse, just a random verse, and you take it out of context, you can make it mean anything you want it to mean. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody can take any scripture out of context and make it into anything it wants. And and a, a really good example of this is the other day at work, Someone sent me a picture. Uh, they took a deposit, and there was a dollar bill. And at the top of the dollar bill, it says Federal Reserve Note. That's what it says on the top of the dollar bill. And someone had colored in a bunch of the letters and just left three letters, F-A-R-T. 
So it said fart on the dollar bill. Now, was that the original intent, or did they mean to put Federal Reserve note? Federal Reserve note, thank you. <laughs> but that is what false religions and false beliefs and these private revelations, this is where it all comes from. They take scripture out of context and they can come up with whatever meaning they want. And they don't, and they, completely out of context of what it says, they take it out of the chapter, out of the book of what's going on. And they can come up with whatever they want. And that is why, students, that is why we need to know this precious word of God. That is why we need to know what it says. That's why we need to study it. That's why we need to get to know the character and nature of God so that when we hear something that we're like, I'm not too sure about that, they can't lead us down a right, wrong path because we know what the word says. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path. His word is to, is to guide us, to, to, to lighten the way for us so we can see where we're going. Psalm 119.11, we talked about this two weeks ago. I have stored up or I have hidden as a treasure your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. His word directs us, not our feelings. His promises guide us, not our opinions. And his truth protects us, not our, not our truth. See, we, we, in this world, <clears throat> we have... A lot of people that say that there is no absolute truth. Or everyone has their own truth and that, and that truth is true to them. You might have heard that. But we, students, Christians, we, we do have an absolute truth. We have the absolute truth word of God. And we follow the absolute truth. Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus makes a very big proclamation where he says, I am the way, not one of many ways. I am the truth, not our truth or not a truth. I'm the truth. I'm the life, the only way to eternal, everlasting life. He is the only one that gives true meaning to our existence is through Jesus. And no man comes to the Father except through me. There's not a bunch of ways. All paths don't leave, lead to heaven. Only Jesus does. And finally, we're going to wrap up in Romans chapter 12. Go ahead and go over to Romans chapter 12. And this is where we're going to end tonight. Romans 12, verse 2. It says, do not be conformed. And that word conformed means to be in the mold of. Do not be in the mold of this world. And this world also means this age. And basically that means do not be in the mold of the ways of this culture that's drifting away from God and is going toward godlessness. See, students, our, all of mankind has been drifting away from God and toward godlessness since the Garden of Eden. 
Since God and man had that perfect relationship and it was severed by sin, we have been drifting away from what God's original intent and purpose was. Away from God and toward godlessness. Do, be not, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Where transformed means be changed within by the renewal of your mind. The term renewal of your mind means changing the way you think. And students, the way we change the way we think is by learning. Because at one point, people thought the world was flat, and then they learned that it was round. Some people still think it's flat, and they're crazy. But how do we change the way we think? We learn. And how do we learn? We read, and we study, and we listen to teaching. And what should we learn? We should learn the word, the wisdom, and the ways of God. And that is how we change. Students, we will never change how we think until we change what we put in our minds. I'm going to say that again because I need to hear it. We will never change how we think until we change what we put in our minds. Do you want more faith? Read his word. You want victory over sin? Know his word. You want peace about who you are? Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and get to know Him in His book. These are truths you've heard. Why don't we do something about it? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. By testing means holding up to Scripture. I'm going to test what what I think is going on by what this word says. I'm going to test by what I think I want with my life by what this word says. I'm going to test by what I should, uh, well, I'll get to that. And discern means to test and approve the will of God in our lives, to find out what His will is and how we should react to situations, how we should live, how we should love, how we should vote, and how we should spread the gospel. It's all in his word. So the point, the point of tonight, we must reject our culture's values of self-promotion and no absolute truth and accept the promises of scripture and follow the truth, Jesus Christ. We must reject our culture's values of self-promotion and no absolute truth and accept the promises of Scripture and follow the truth. That's Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, um, I thank you so much for your word. God, I, I ask for forgiveness where I've taken your word for granted. Lord, you have given us exactly how you think, how you love. You've given us a blueprint for everything in life, and yet we just allow it to collect dust, and we only open it on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. I pray you will convict us, and I pray that we will have a deep love and desire for the Word of God, that we will look to it for how we should think about situations, how we should view life, how we should treat other people, 
how we should love other people, how we should carry ourselves and, and present ourselves and, and what you want for the will in our life. Your will, your way. God, I pray that we will not grab a hold of what's being taught in our world of it's all about me, myself, my promotion, uh, my pursuit of happiness, and instead that we will look to you and to your word and what it says that we should do. And it starts, you've told us, it starts with loving God, loving others. So I pray that we will do just that, the base, the bare minimum, until we can get our a grasp and a hold of what your word has to say. Lord, I pray that you be with these students as they're in their schools and they're being influenced to behave a certain way, to be a certain way, and in order to fit in and whatever the case is, I just pray, God, that they will stay true to your word. They'll hold tight to it. They won't veer to the right or to the left, but they'll just focus on what you have to say and that, that we will be okay with having just Jesus and nothing else. As you, uh, in your word, that you invited us to follow you, to die to self, to carry our cross, I pray that we will know what that means, that we will give over lordship to you, and that we won't try to run this life on our own. It's all about you, it's not about us. And I pray we show that in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.